good evening, good night, good morning, and good afternoon. And welcome to another exciting episode of The Black Cauldron. The second best podcast. Actually, no. It's equal with The Real Tennis Podcast. Y'all just don't know. I'm just saying. This is the Roger Federer of literary podcasts. And it doesn't get any better than that. Just saying. Even when we're not around, we're just simply the best. But before I go any further... <laughs> <laughs> and for now, let me be clear because apparently the ladies have decided that we will be doing other books besides the Harry Potter book whenever we finish in 2021, in 2050, probably. Um, <laughs> we're not finishing until Trump gets out of the White House. At least we're going. <laughs> we're going to continue just until he gets out. We're going to finish, but. Before I go any further, let me introduce my two co-hostesses with the mostesses. We have Professor Deb, who is in, I don't know if I can show you a location, but she is not in New York City. Let's just say that. She's not in New York State. <laughs> I mean to say you that. You always share her location, and now you're no, going, do I? I don't know if I should, should I, do that. I've never shared a location. <laughs> I said that she's a professor. That's what I've shared. Professor Deb. Uh, I don't know. But I think okay. people know where she is. If you know, you know, Okay. <laughs> I'm letting my precious Deb have anonymity, okay? She's the oh, celebrity. Well. <laughs> How are you doing, Professor Deb? How are you? I am doing very well. And, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about as we're getting to the conclusion and trying to anticipate what will be um, the main themes that we talk about. But I'm doing good. Fans, this is our life. They're trying to avoid the end of this book. They're really <laughs> trying totally. to totally. <laughs> I don't want to get totally. there. But we have Janina from Far in Ohio. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am okay. Look, she never asked how am I doing. What's going on? <laughs> I'm trying to be extra nice because you gave me a snarky phone call going where the fuck were you? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that had happened. That had not, actually, that I, I didn't use those words, but I suspected she was taking a nap. I was Calling not napping. She was having fun with her child. Exactly. She was having fun with her child. And I was just like, why are you making your child a priority? Why is your child a priority? I don't understand it. So I had to set the record. I, I was firm. My tone was very firm. He says, Janina, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm waiting for you to tell me you're ready. <laughs> Don't you check your Twitter messages? I said, apparently not. <laughs> that I said that's I'd be ready it. in 10, 10 minutes ago. I said, alrighty then. <laughs> that's about it. I and mean, I was the damn. last one. But we won't talk about that. I felt like I got in trouble, Deb. No, you didn't. Uh -oh. oh. Don't be out here lot. You see, Listen. you see. We are at your technical um, uh, mercy. So, exactly. <laughs> we are I don't very know how I still get bossed around. <laughs> we are very cautious. Where we choose our word very, very carefully. You know. So Reels is a Leo, and I just stumbled across this video the other day, and I was like, "Oh, ain't that the truth about oh, how they like to lead everything?" <laughs> I don't. I don't know if this is true, but I've oh about this a yes, lot. it no, is. No, it's not. I, I would say this much. I would say this much. I don't know if it's a, if it's a cocky thing, you know. But who knows, Roger Federer? I mean, 
who consider our brothers better. I'm technically two days, we about there two days apart. But I would say that it's just that I don't think I am right. I just think that I always have an idea to be considered. Uh, one thing I have learned. <laughs> That's one such thing a I genuine... have learned. No, I, w- I would say this much. One thing I've definitely learned about with podcasting, one of the energy I enjoyed with podcasting with more than one person, and particularly two to three people, is that um, three is a, it's, it's a nice number, but four people just the same. What I love is that there is always someone to bring something to consider that you didn't consider. Someone's bringing a different angle, a different nuance. And like so many topics we've discussed on the tennis podcast and even so many topics we've discussed here is that I'm going to come in thinking, you know, like, okay, I have considered everything, you know, this is my point X, Y, and Z. And then you two and, you know, Janina and Andre, when we're on the tennis podcast and, you know, other guests that we've had, just like, oh, I had never thought of it that way. And I feel that we put out a better product or at least I think I get a better understanding with, you know, with, with, you know, with collaboration. So I'm, though I might be quote unquote bossy ish, I would say, mm-hmm. and I am always open to the process and consider, you know, now I don't suffer fools. That is true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they, they exhaust me <laughs> like to the end. Like I, I don't have time for this. Okay. Like I, I will be that person to be like, this is nonsense. Like, like, let's not waste time. Moving along, you know. <laughs> Funny, I was, you know, my sister called me to pick up most of my time this morning talking, you know, like family drama, of course. And I'm just sitting there listening to my sister. And I'm just like, I don't know how you're doing it. Like, because I'm just like, I don't know how you can deal with this. The way this like, because I just think, you know, there's a reason why you have these problems and I don't have these problems. Because, you know, like, my parents would definitely not approach me in the manner they would approach you and my brother. Because... They just know, like, nope, we're not having this discussion. We're not, you know, so I, I do recognize, even though I might not recognize it in myself, it's apparent that other people see it. So it has its it has its benefits, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still poor. I'm not like Roger Federer rich, but, you know, hopefully I'm just a late bloomer. Hopefully like Roger being a late bloomer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a late, late bloomer. Because, let me say, I mean, like, we're not talking tennis. Roger had a lot of pressure on him that he could be this person, you know, like yeah. because Roger came on the era when, you know, teenage phenom was the thing, right? That's and right. teenage phenom had to be winning major, right? I think Nadal is the last well, he wasn't even part of that, but he's the last teenager to win a major on the men's side, right? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's 2005. <laughs> okay, that's how a lifetime. Wow. Yeah. That's right. So, it's a whole different um, hmm. Roger was getting all that pressure, like, what is he doing? He's 19. He hasn't done anything. Like, flopping. Right. He was, he was, he was feeling it. But thank God for Mark Philippoussis. Wimbledon 2003. <laughs> 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 that set the ball rolling. There were a couple which we let loose, you know, in the early habits, you know, like French Open. You know, we let that ball drop in 2004. But you know what? We got in 2009. But Let's not get straight. No, we have a whole podcast dedicated to tennis. But this one is the on the Deathly Hallows. And at this point, we still haven't seen the word Deathly Hallows <laughs> anyway in the text. But we are at a pivotal point. I think by now we are technically in the midpoint of the book. And we're out in the wilderness. Well, literary wilderness, we should say. But, you know, like that. 
moment of finding yourself being lost the heroes and heroines are out wandering trying to collect themselves regroup and the trio is now down to a duet or a duo which is problematic and there is friction between this group because no matter how much of a trio they are they don't work well without three of them being there it doesn't work i mean at least i think harry doesn't feel comfortable with him and Hermione only. If it's him and Ron, he's cool with that. He could work with that. But him and Hermione, it just doesn't work the same. It doesn't mesh the same. Even now though it's she, weird for them. For weird yeah. for well, him. it's weird for him. <laughs> and yeah, even though she's them, the one him. getting things done, right? Like, usually, <laughs> whenever it's just for them, things need to get done, you know? He's still not comfortable because he needs his boy. Oh. I'm telling you, this is one of those annoying quality of Harry Potter, the disrespect to Hermione Granger. But well, I, I don't think when we've had this count this discussion before, I don't I'm being think too harsh, I guess. I don't but. think it's disrespect. I think, I think it really is about who he bonded with first. It and, is wrong. And I think it it really was, and some of it may have been. Um, you know, he's pre-adolescent when he meets Ron, it, you know, the, the way you are interacting with your best friend, your boy. But I really think it was, I think he has the utmost respect for Hermione's abilities and for the fact that she has saved his butt thousands of times because she does do the reading. <laughs> and, the um, reading. Mm-hmm. yeah, but I think that the, at the awkwardness that ha- that is at the beginning of this chapter is awkward on both of their parts. It's not just um, because he's there with with just Hermione. Hermione is equally awkward because she she is you know she, I think she has already admitted her feelings for Ron, even though it doesn't come out you know in, in the and as much until later, but. They're missing. It's a hole when he's not. She there. had a Sophie's choice, right? She was. She had a Sophie's choice. Should I go with my man, or should I stay with my best friend on a larger mission? But Debbie just pointed to something I thought was very interesting that I didn't even consider. See why, you know, listen to other people who do the reading. You mentioned, if I'm not mistaken, about how they bonded, and it's true. I think. Um, Ron was one of the first person to treat Harry like a full human being, right? Mm-hmm. Other than Hagrid, his own age. Like he's a, he never had any friends. And Ron, the only thing Ron ever asked him, so you don't even remember? And moving on, want some combi sandwich? You know, right, I don't like right. it. it you like, know, moving on. Can I see the star? And then he's moving on. He didn't and, gawk and like, oh my God, it's right. Harry Potter. Right, but, right. But um, when they and Hermione bonded, they bonded over the troll. Remember, they didn't like her. They were like, oh, God, who's talking to right. you? Is someone yeah. talking? You know, Ron, Ron is, let me tell you something. Ron is nasty, okay? He's Ron an asshole. Is, he's an <laughs> asshole. Yeah. <laughs> right. oh, he really nasty. is. They bonded over the troll. So, so they bonded in adventure and the spirit, and you know, like. Mm-hmm. But there isn't, but so often that Hermione went off and did her own thing. That's one of the things why I've been incorrectly saying ex mach, deus machina, but it's deus ex machina. That she, she, so much of her life in the castle, we don't see Hermione's essence, like what's going on with her. 
like we know she has social a social life beyond these boys. She has friends. She takes classes that they don't take classes. Like, you know, like she knows everyone in the school. I mean, as the prefect, I mean, she's supposed to. Um, but she genuinely knows them. Ron is like, who's that? Oh, I don't know. And, and mind you, right. he's the tallest person in school, right? And he just does, he, his head is literally in the clouds. And he mm-hmm. just, and so that might be that, you know, that there isn't, and we, we've mentioned so many times, these children don't talk about the trauma they have faced. They never, like, you know, talking to Harry about anything beyond, you know, that is difficult. You always have to shout at him. You know, you have to scream at him and he's hardly ever convinced, right? There is no convincing Harry Potter when he's determined to do something, right? It's almost like you always have to walk around him, his schedule and whatever. So, and I I think the tension, you know, built up even with that, you know, so there is that, so there, there's a crack within the, the, the formation of this trio and in this big light of the situation, I could see why it's easily cracked, but I mean, Janina, ever since you talked about these children didn't even say Akio Salmon, but they were here eating mushroom. Like, why? Yeah, I got magic. <laughs> <laughs> that has been bothering me. They didn't me. steal from the farm. They didn't steal right. the eggs. Like, but they didn't need to. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, all of that, you know, like, I'll put on the invisibility cloak and surreptitiously going into the supermarket and buy. Like, it just became so, like, I don't know. This is why I talked about, you know, either J.K. Rowling, you know, just was incomplete in how she is setting up this part of the world building, sort of like. It's just really messy. But it's also, like, they're hungry, you know, and <laughs> hungry, they're angry, and all that kind of stress level, you know what I mean? Like, at this but, point but in you time... Know, but you, you gotta, you got to face, you got to recognize that, you know, how to use your magic in a non-magical world is not been something that they have had a lot of experience with. No, none at all. I mean, well, none. Like, practically none. Like but right. they I mean, heard but someone every- do that little piece and still was like, yeah, let's go steal some eggs. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I and think let's get the worst fish. Let's get the tilapia. When there's salmon. They're so, I mean, let's face it. You know, the, the food appears on it before this year. They were in a school where the food just appeared. Right. And certainly Ron was in a situation where that's what his mother did almost 24-7 was cook for mm-hmm. a whole house full of people. But you notice how human they are, right? Like in this this privileged situation, which the book sort of touches on, but at least maybe, you know, the, 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 the socialist that I am, it doesn't delve into this. That those children sat at this place, seafood magically appeared in front of them. It is marveling to them, right? Because this isn't something that many of them, like, you know, house self only appears in very few households, right? In fact, children had barely, people had barely even seen a house elf before, right? Like, even this school is overrun by house elf. They don't see the house elf. But, so, and they never once investigated how this thing is happening. Isn't this worthwhile knowing? It, this is not but like some Tessa. people did know. I mean, it wasn't like the the trio didn't know for sure. But you know, Fred and George knew. No, that's not what I'm talking. Fred and George are not aware of this because they're doing up to some nefarious things, right? They're there to steal, which is not bad skills to have, particularly in the danger in what these people are going out to do, right? Fred and George, excuse me, seem to be. Fred and George would have been ideal in this situation for these people, but of course. They can't be aware of the, the, the what's happening. 
But I mean, it's just like it's just it, it's just how baffling, like how how limited they think of magic, and how limited like the school because we've been in so many classes now. Like magic is just teaching you like magic tricks. They, in fact, in my mind, those children are the most training I see that they seem ready for the um, Las Vegas Strip. That just seemed like they're capable of doing. I can't imagine these people doing anything. You know, like, I mean, as crazy as Voldemort is. And, you know, and Dumbledore. And, and that's the book sort of, like, implies that, right? Like, whenever you're seeking magic or informatical education, there is something wacky about you. Snape, um, Slughorn to a certain extent, Voldemort, Dumbledore that um, Grindelwald, that people who are seeking magical information and education, there is something off about them. Daedalus, um, Elpheus, Doge, Doge, those people. You know what I mean? That they're not all like, it's like, you know, um, Batilda Backshot, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, she's crazy. You know what I mean? That's like, the magical world doesn't seem to be cool and intellectuals. You know, not to say Voldemort is an intellectual. You know what I mean? Like he's going way too far. He but, is, though. He is really. But but, but he's he's, 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 he's going, expanded. Going deeper. He's going right. deeper he has than what upon has been taught. Right. But he's he's expanding upon an area of magic going beyond, right? Because right. we know that you know the whole crux, uh, the understanding of a whole. He didn't create the idea of a whole crux. He just wondered, you know. Let's see if we do it to seven. You know what I mean? Like he is pushing beyond. So it's rather interesting. But you know, not to stray too far down this rabbit hole, because we would love to. This is one of our follow-up topics when the literal book is finished. Um, it's that tension that creates within the, the the two that remain there. And then they decided to go on an adventure because nothing perks these people up than going on an adventure, right? And they decide <laughs> to go to Godric Hollow. Godric Hollow, they find out um, that Dumbledore lived at one point. Um, this was the place that Godric Gryffindor lived. This was also the place where Harry's parents were murdered. They sought refuge in this place. And to a certain extent, I am I think it is implied, though not exactly stated, Harry's father is from this area as well. Or his descendants is in this area. Um, which we would later find out along the lines of the quote, the, the the cloak. But my favorite bit is that they decided, oh, we can't wear, we can't be ourselves. Let's go in this, this disguises, you know. Let's wear an old man and old woman. But there they are, Hermione. What are you doing, Harry? <laughs> wait a minute. Yeah, they <laughs> they never change their names. Oh my, yeah. I'm like, people, but this is a this is an amateurish mistake for you know that no, that children would might maybe make. <laughs> I don't understand, but they did this in the they did this. Um, they do this always. They did this in the Ministry of Magic. Like, but they didn't they do they didn't do it when they were um, the first time they used Polyjuice Potion. They didn't do it. They had they they altered their voices. No, no, no. Their voices and their voices are altered. In particular, oh, I thought they alter with, with the spell. They right, alter with the spell also. I, I assume by that. Their game. Yeah. But but it's just like the disguises are just made. You know, like it's like going to rob a bank and being like three of us. Like, hey, Janina, don't forget to to, to frisk all the tellers. <laughs> like, it's like what? 
what are we doing? You know what I mean? And I, I literally watched an SBI file where that happened, where one of the bank robber called the other one by his name. Hey, Mark, don't forget to go get the money in the back. It's like, <laughs> like what are we doing? Um, but I just thought that was really silly. And it's one of, and, and several things has happened here that I think is so trademark of Harry that he does all the time. And a lot of times in danger, Harry doesn't think about magic being his defense, even though he's expecting a magical attack. Like he throws down his wand, he's like, he's like, ready to fight. No, like he's ready to physically fight. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like he he seems more ready to be mentally aggressive <clears throat> than opposed he reacts to be as like a human, right? Non magical human. Because this scene is so like you see this woman who isn't speaking whatever and just like come oh, on yes it's Matilda she's gonna give us bro you are the most wanted man in all of Britain not even the magical world in Britain okay like you are the most wanted man okay like someone is obsessed with this man has been on your tail for what fifteen years fifteen years okay and you're barely even seventeen. And you are making these amateur like it was just so messy. Like this whole, I mean, the only reason why they won't why they won't kill in that whole scenario, it's basically because Voldemort wanted to kill him himself. But that snake had mm-hmm. ample opportunity to literally bit him. Like it's just like it's just like oh no, Hermione, she can't give it. She can't give it in front of you. Like why? And Hermione is just like, what's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like. What you, Harry? I don't think, and it's just like, oh, she says this to me. I'm just like, if Hermione don't, it's just like he doesn't think about these things. The whole pass them out situation keeps happening again, and he isn't trying to even be aware of these things. You know what I mean? I I, I get it. You weren't expecting a snake, but you, you you literally put you literally wore disguises because you expected the enemy to be present. And there you are going off with some woman who's barely saying something to you. And you're just like, again, your wand is the last thing you're really thinking about. And I don't even want to get into this scene afterwards because I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious to see how you all think about the, the aftermath when they get back to a forest um, to hide. So... Okay, so that that that's a that's a good summary. Let's let's dig in. When they I just to kind of bounce off of what you said, I think in Godric's Hollow, what happens to Harry is that the emotion for him to go there was so strong, and he was trying so hard to hide the real reason why he wanted to be there. You know he. He kind he we know that he wanted to try to find his parents' graves and to feel some kind of personal connection with this space. Whereas Hermione was like, we might get some information for us right now. And Harry just jumped on that and ran with it, like, oh my God, here's my opportunity to go. So when he gets there and and these things start happening, you know, when they find the grave, um, when they find the house, and then Batilda, his I think he's just on emotional overload and isn't thinking clearly. I really do. 
but but this is fine though. This is fine. I mean, like I I will accept that as a excuse, right? I am not, you know, inhuman uh, to think that Harry isn't capable of all of these things because we did ask aloud um, several many podcasts ago that you know no one have even said you know like bro do you want to see a parent's grave you mm-hmm. know what i mean particular since his parents legacy looms so largely on him i mean one of the things people people marvel at the fact that you know like he has the scar and his eyes and whatever the case may be but his parents had genuinely missed by everyone like you know like slokhan said it he just like you don't understand like there isn't a person who have met your mother who didn't like her. Like, it right. just seemed almost impossible. Mm-hmm. You know, so there is that, um, so that sort of loomed, you know, like their legacy, you know, and James being affable, James being well cared for, you know, like that legacy is on him and no one said, you know, and he never, he didn't even seek this out. You know what I mean? Or even wondered. And particularly, and I thought that was rather odd because, you know, seeing that as soon as he gets into the magical world, that problems come running back to him immediately, right? That problem comes squarely on him. And Dumbledore sort of implies, you know, that this is the beginning of, you know, like of, you know, like of madness, right? That this would happen. You know what I mean? And all of this drama later on that he didn't want to do this. But Hermione was there and that, you know, like he's constantly ignoring her. You know, just like, you know, this doesn't feel right. This is not okay. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. all of this thing. And, like, you know, Dumbledore would have said this, you know, like, this was so totally not how Dumbledore ever operated. And you, you're, I think you're right in, in that sense, Janine, that maybe it's the emotion of it all. He wanted what, 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 what I gathered from him is that he was forced in an outcome. He wanted yes. something to, to, to happen. And he was forced in and making it all. Because I think they knew immediately, at least he knew immediately, that something was off, but you know, being reckless and he wanted, I don't know whether he wanted to feel, you know, and kamikaze, but again, Harry's actions always leave other people in danger because again, the, the snake was not interested in killing Harry. It's everybody else around, right? But mm-hmm. but the other thing was Harry's also wearing the locket. And there is a point where he is just, you know, he could hear the, the, the locket was, he could feel it beating against his chest. Um, I think that, you know, you have to wonder, remember they came up, they began to understand that when you held the locket close to you, it altered your perspective. Mm-hmm. It altered how you saw things. And so they, that's why they began to, you know, to, to take turns so that nobody was under its full influence all the time. So I think I think you're right, Reels. I think he he was kind of marching to an to an outcome that he had in his mind that he was going to he was going to learn something, and even though that was originally Hermione was was the reason she wanted to go along with it, it wasn't long before she understood that this didn't feel right. Her instincts told her that this this that something was terribly wrong here, and of course by the time he realizes it, um, you know, he's under attack. Uh, but I'm, I'm just like, just like, oh, you know, you know, many times I call it, sorry. I mean, I'm not even going to get into, I'm still mad about Ron. So I was still mad about Ron's situation, his mourning and groaning, 
his hissy fit and huff and puff and go out and left them there and <laughs> there by them then they get to Godric Hollow and I'm just like idiot could y'all stop saying each other's name please stop this shit like stop <laughs> this like and then you go there and you don't know what to do and there is Hermione producing flowers and it's just like it's just like I get it it's all emotional and then it's like so many it's like I don't sometimes I think maybe he can't like he just like like it's just like Voldemort isn't against you. Like it's like you pretend like if it's Snape you're running from. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you saw this man flying, okay? <laughs> like you saw this man flying. You saw this man has he has done so much, you know, like crazy things. And then you were like, whatever. Lale die, you know what I mean? And could be so sort of blase, you know, and here is Hermione to the rescue. And that whole scene was so traumatic in my mind, really. You Which know, one? Stick- in the house? In the house? In the house, it really I was. I mean, like... And the descriptions, about- descriptions were so vivid in terms of the, how everything smelled. Right, the smell. Um, constant discussion about how things smelled. The smell that he looks one way and then the movement out of his eye and then so mm-hmm. many things happen at the same time. The skin falls, you know, like he just, you know, I mean, like, it's just, a, I mean, like, you know, here I'm kind of feeling sorry for him again. Just the trauma, right? That you see a human body fall off, a snake comes out fighting you. You're an old beady man, like, because you don't have your full strength. You know what I mean? And it's just like, come on. He comes in. She's like, what's going on? You know, like, and, you know, like, again, the whole magical concept of how the magic, the spells are ricocheting. Like, why are spells ricocheting? Sometimes they ricochet. Sometimes they don't ricochet. I don't know what's that whole, because sometimes she's not, she's not consistent on this line about how a spell ricochet or whether it absolves or breaks something or rebounds or whatever the case may be. And then that lucky, I mean, they got out by the skin off their teeth. They didn't even hit ground. Mm-hmm. Like they just jumped from bed to dresser to out the window <laughs> and like and like Hermione. Hermione saved them. It's like the and then the crazy part about this whole Godric hollow um thing that it's always just like just like a gut a gut punch is that Harry really lives his parents' mother through yeah. the eyes of the murderer. That was that tough. was creepy. I mean, and it was like the way in which I I know I was talking to the, the I tutor said the children and I tutor siblings and they're like, oh my god, my teacher goes on about Mac Twain and you know Tom Sawyer and you know Huckleberry Finn and I was saying. Oh, well, you know, as a child, I read those books, you know, like, as an adult, no, oh, so kind of iffy, and they were talking about DuckTales and whatever, <laughs> and, you know, they were, you know, like, cartoons, it's like, oh, did you see the new DuckTales? I'm just like, yeah, I used to watch DuckTales, I love it, you know, and so I was saying, and I'm saying this to see, you know, like, you know, watching, reading this part when, you know, when I read this book the first time, I was just like, oh my god, this is cool to see, to have seen this, because this is something that is so spoken about, you know, like, the flash, you know, like, we constantly... I mean, in the very first chapter, I think it is, or the second chapter of the very first book, the flash of green light, you know, like we have, green light has become synonymous, which is odd because, you know, green means, you know, go, safety. But in this book, green light is danger, is dead. It's, you know, so many times we've seen green light. We've seen green light, end of the fourth book, green light at the end of the fifth book, 
green light at the end of the sixth book and we're seeing green light in the middle of the book mm -hmm. and we're seeing it in impact. Three defenseless people were attacked. And again, Harry Father does this thing. I'm mad at Harry Father. Lily, take him and go, I'm going to hold him off. Like, the bro, hold him off with what? I mean, like, I kind of even laugh with Voldemort because it's just like, what are y'all doing? Not even like, and it's just like, but no, as an adult reading this, oh, no, I was adult when I read the book before this, but no, years passed reading this part over again. This is horrific. This is <laughs> insane. It's brilliant writing, but it is, it shows you the level of depravity of this man. And what was even crazier for me is before he even got into the house, when he was about to kill the child, he was just like, no. He said, one swipe, and you would never see a mother again. You wouldn't even get down to the end of the street. But no, mm. I don't want to do that. I, wouldn't, I didn't come in for you. And the child just said, hey, Mr. Cool Mask. Mm -hmm. And I just realized, oh, bro, you're talking about his actual face, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, you're talking about his face. That's his face. You know what I mean? Like, oh, God. shit. <laughs> I mean, that must have hurt his feelings if he had any feelings. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, but that child knew. Mm -hmm. She just knew. She just like, oops. I bet she won't be, I bet she won't be lippy ever again. I bet she'd keep her opinions to herself <laughs> time around. <laughs> but, I mean, that whole scene, I mean, that was insane. I mean, it was, I mean, I would say it's brilliant writing in terms of just the whole, uh, not necessarily people going to be like, it's not Shakespeare or whatever, but just the, the description, how she describes something so horrific that we were, no, I, I wasn't prepared for it. I was, I'm never really prepared for this scene, but there it was in the middle of the book and, and all this thing, you know, like you, we, we, because we believed Harry's impression that you know that they were we all thought that there was a fight but there was nothing it was just and he was like girl get out of the way and well he... I don't think I ever thought there was like a battle between any of them so. and I never no. felt that I just kind of felt like he went in he killed the dad he killed the mom he tried to kill the kid and it didn't work I never felt like there was a battle no I, I, never mean, got I didn't that think impression. there was a battle at all or even but the, a... although the house was and and probably the um the house was in disarray because because of um his attempt yeah you know, the rebounded and, killing curse that right, didn't work I, and the ones that did the house, well the and house the blew off well in some cases which is um the house blew the house blew up right at least the top because there was an upstairs Mm -hmm. That blew off. We gathered that much. And there was a rubble because I think someone Hagrid described that. That the baby seemed all that's all that remains basically is the baby. Because even the 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 um the little shrine memorial to the place, which is cloaked in magic, um you can't see. It's a rubble, it's not an actual, they never rebuilt the place. But I just thought, I mean, I didn't expect a big battle, whatever, but I mean, I, I thought there was a, they will fight off. There was at least an attempt, some spell, whatever. Because Voldemort clearly crossed the threshold expecting to fight. He was ready to fight. Like, he didn't think it was, was going to be so easy. Like, well, he yeah, and he, I mean, he says as much. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like, he was just like, I'm looking this baby full in the face and I'm going to do this. 
And you know, the favorite, the part that always gets me is that he is so convinced of this idea that he doesn't need to kill the woman. But I guess this might be his idea of like, I could have saved myself. You know what I mean? You know, like I wouldn't have been killed. I could have killed the, the child cleanly. You know what I mean? Because he, because like you saying, what do you mean you didn't need to kill her? What was she going to do? Well, take my wait. baby, and then I'm going to sit here and watch you kill my baby. Well, remember though. Remember, we find out later in Snape's memories that he asked Dumbledore or Voldemort to spare Lily. No, so, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking. He didn't care. I mean, he he wasn't about to. But he. Well, what are you saying? Because you're, no, you just said that he considered no, not killing her, that she just no, needed to move out of the way. Not not by Snape's, not by Snape's request. That he is, because for him, that was the fatal mistake, right? The fatal mistake is that he killed her as she protects him. It's, it's by killing her right, that right. spell, the magical love spell, is cast upon her. Right, that's what happened. Yes. But remember... So in his mind, right, in his mind, he's thinking, right, you know, that that was the fatal mistake. He forgot that there is this powerful love magic that exists, right? So Because he said to her, step aside. Because the action was not supposed to... Because remember, they left... It wasn't. I don't think that he think that, you know, like... That he didn't, that it wasn't a possibility because he said, you know, like, let's make a clean job of it, right? Let's but, kill but, them. Out. Okay, stop. So remember, he does tell her, step aside, but we mm -hmm. hear his thoughts when he goes in the house and he says that he doesn't need to kill her. And if, and he's talking through it and he's like, if she would just get out of the way, I don't need to kill her. And then my point is, because that's weird, right? It's weird for him to not just go in and go boom, boom, boom. It's weird for Voldemort to even consider not killing Lily, I think. Because he's brutal. He he considered killing a little girl on the street who said nice mask, right? So well, she was go, rude. She she she, she hurt his feelings. But, <laughs> but my but you know, he he's he's going to this house mm. to kill Harry. Right. At this moment, the only thing in his way is Lily. Right. And I think it is significant that he that we know that he tells her step aside when we find out later that Snape did, in fact, try to ask Voldemort to spare Lily. I think that's very significant. I never took it. I mean, I'm curious to hear what Deb says on this. I never took his consideration that that moment of when he tells her to step aside, that he um didn't think that um um that it was a matter of Snape's request basically because I think what had happened was that at least how I imagine it that he had made the request as if he were asking them to hand over if he can borrow a, a cup of a cup of sugar. I wanna kill your child. You need to send me your child I need to get the child because it is the child that he is mostly concerned with. I think he imagined that, you know, that they might win going Well, if that were hiding. the case, why did he kill James? Because James didn't even have a wand. Neither does Lily. But James was coming I'm, out. I'm, James... just, I'm just speculating here. No. I mean, you know, no, but I, I can't I mean, think... I'm saying the initial thought, though. The initial, because remember, they didn't, they, they weren't in hiding. They were hide, in hiding because of Harry. Right? They, they didn't go into hiding just to go into hiding. They went into hiding yeah. because of Harry. Right. Because, because of the right. prophecy. No, and because, so what do you because, think, Deb? 
I, I think that um, he, that he was only focused on getting rid of Harry because he was focused on the prophecy. And I think I think he killed um, James because James was going to be probably because he was a, a male who might mm-hmm. put up a little resistance and, you know, keep him get in his way. I don't think he ever thought for a minute that it was going to be that James was going to be able to, to deter him. But he just didn't even want anything in his way. Right. And I think the whole idea of stand aside was kind of like, I don't have to kill you. Right. I just I just need the I just need to kill the baby. And so I think that's what the stand aside was about. Uh, I don't think it was like um, I don't even think he thought. And he also, you know, we, we, this is Voldemort we're talking about. This is a this is a, a creature who basically feels that people will do anything to save their own lives. Right. Even sacrifice, you know, a baby because he knows there's not anything he wouldn't step aside to that he wouldn't um sacrifice to save himself because That's remember, why he has done everything he could to make well, we himself know. vulnerable well remember I mean, remember if we, if we go back we, we, we're getting ahead but we're going back in time when snape goes right he says because snape carries half of the prophecy snape realized oh my god wait a minute wait a minute you don't know you got the wrong person right that right. he was determined. Because remember, the prophecy, this is the thing that Dumbledore says to Snape. The prophecy didn't mention a child, a specific child. Right. But he right. said, Snape said, he thinks it's Lily and James. And Dumbledore explained why he chose Harry. Right? He didn't hear the whole prophecy in whatever the case may be. He was supposed to wait. And Harry told James, you know, like, but Snape said, you know, like, tell him to go into, to, to, um, hiding take them and take the baby so i imagine that he had done voldemort had put out i just need the baby i'm not interested because i don't think he ever imagined these parents even have the magic to, to even kind of compete with him i mean he had almost killed them three times you know mm-hmm. what i mean they just barely got away right. so i i think you know like deb you know there is the masculine whatever the case i mean but what is very odd to me was that you know like I, and you know he voldemort don't give free he don't give free gifts. He don't. I mean, Peter Pettigrew is going to show you that, right? right that the fact that right. you sacrificed your right hand for me, like, no, this is not. You don't just. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't just borrow your hand. Once you have. Once you are indebted to me, you are indebted to me. That you know, it's. I don't want to bring the political, but you know, like, once you mess with me, boo, you're corrupted. There is no fixing. You can't fix, you know what I mean? You are forever stained. But I, I do think because he, but this is a point I'm just saying that he seemed to be focused on because he even jays at Harry and say, you know, like, oh, your mother need not die. You know, like, you know, that these people are throwing themselves in front of you. You are weak. You know, they're trying to save you. What is there to save? You're not spectacular. But I think this is his ego getting the better of him here well, because he's embarrassed. I, I agree, but I, I, I'm sticking with my I think it's important because ultimately everything in this story is a circle, right? Everything comes full circle. I don't know anything that doesn't, to be honest. And Snape hears the prophecy. Snape tells Voldemort what happens. Thinking it would be somebody else, thinking that he would hurt someone else. And this that. ultimately costs him the person in the world that he cares most about, right? right. So 
in return, he goes to Dumbledore and he agrees to try to protect Harry for the sake of Lily. But throughout this whole thing, we know that Snape asked Voldemort to spare Lily. Snape didn't give a fuck about James or Harry, but please spare Lily. So in that moment, Voldemort tells Lily, step aside. Well, she ends up dead. And then ultimately, Snape ends up betraying Voldemort. I think it all matters. Well, but. I'm not I think, saying I think no. for that piece it does. And I but think the, I, the other I, thing I, that no, it matters... No, 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 but, but, but I think it's... Uh, but I think but this is the sequence of the event, though. Because it, it doesn't is, matter. No, but, but no, wait, <laughs> it matters. Because if you remember the specific of the deal with Voldemort, with Dumbledore, right? Um, Snape was at this point when Lily died. He was like, fuck all of you. Fuck all this shit. This shit is messy. It's Dumbledore who forces him into a contract, basically. No, 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 no. Yes, you no. Will I will be right. No, real. L- listen, when when Snape realizes what he did in that he tells Voldemort about Lily, and or about Harry, and that he thinks it's Harry, and that Harry must die, and when he realizes that. He's going in that Voldemort knows where they are and that he's going for them. Snape goes to Dumbledore and Dumbledore says, well, can't you just ask him to spare her? And he says, I did. He goes before he goes before he goes before they go into hiding, though. He goes earlier on. But that's how we know it happened that way. No, 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 no. He goes no. early. He goes before they go into hiding. It, but he... I don't, that doesn't matter. What matters is Snape knows that he is the one who could cause Lily to die. And right. he there goes is, to Dumbledore. And that the... conversation happens with Dumbledore. And Dumbledore says, well, you know, you're a Death Eater. You're his you're his boy basically can't you just tell him to spare her and he says i tried so then i I, i'm just saying it's a possibility i mean it isn't confirmed or denied in the story but i think that the reason that he tries to spare lily is because of snape because the this is all happening all of this is happening because Snape heard the prophecy, even though he didn't hear it all. He set everything into motion, everything into motion. Right. So we know that Voldemort is like, all right, probably thinking, I mean, if I can, I will, but I'm not going to make you any promises because that's how he operates. Right. So I, that's, my point is that I just think what I was saying is just that I just thought it was really insane that this man thought that he didn't have to kill the mother. That he thought that a woman would just say, you were, you were obsessed with killing my child. Do you have given a real reason as to why you're trying to kill my child? You know, I said, could be any reason for you to kill my child. Snape, you know or Voldemort mean? never thought enough of a woman to think that she would have ever been a real threat had well, he that, not there killed is her. That sexist bit too. There is that. Yeah, I mean, and well. I, so I do, I do and, and I go back to what I said earlier. I think that he couldn't e- imagine that if someone is given an opportunity to save their own skin, that they wouldn't take it. Take it right yeah. at that point. That I. That's why I thought, like you know, but you know, his mother didn't do that, right? That's just the thing. 
His mother didn't sacrifice. His mother sacrificed. He he saw his mother. She well, didn't he save her life. His mother didn't save her own life. She she was sick. Well, she died lying. giving he, birth to he, him. I mean that that was the that, that's act not, of no, nature. That's not the narrative he he takes from it. Though. Well, he's no. wrong about that though. I mean, he has this theory in his mind like my mom could not have been a magical person because she died there's no way if she was magical she would have died he didn't even consider that she might have had an illness of some sort i mean that wasn't even something that he thought was a possibility you think she had an illness she died i think she she died she died right during childbirth which is very common Right, but you see, uh, so not an illness per se, but it was natural causes, and especially you know, before the days of modern medicine. I mean, it's still pretty common now, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, she didn't die because she didn't use magic. She died giving birth. But oh, Voldemort never—he never considered that. But he, he, but he thinks you know, like there is. Um... Hmm. I I don't I don't want to um think because I I I don't want to deny the fact, uh make light of the fact that, you know I think the most dangerous thing to a woman is having a child and having a man, they both tend to kill her. <laughs> I mean the statistics are out there to prove me right. Oh uh, shit. But um, I think I I always wondered if perhaps the mother didn't die of a broken heart because because Dumbledore implies that. She didn't. She stopped using magic after the 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 you know the rape happened, you know, and that she decided to stop using the um, love potion, the date rape drug, and all of that. Fight me, I said it. Um, she stopped using magic. So whatever, I don't know. Whatever broken, it could be broken. Um, we would see something like within Ariadne, right, where the you know magic breaks between you and a cancer happens. That's part of it. And that's not to say that she still can die from childbirth from there. But the implication is that she didn't want to save. She didn't save herself. That's how he interpreted it. And right. but we but we know there's good reason why she just think maybe this might be a better life for her. There is no doubt in my mind that she didn't think um, that what she was doing was the right thing for her, for him. Because she moved him away from his family. Right? That corruptible mad false well right? she knew i mean what she she couldn't she, i don't think she felt that she could after riddle left her i don't think she thought she could exactly you know like waltz back into um the they would have taken the boy they would have taken the boy but actually yeah, he maybe. looked like he looked maybe, like the but... father maybe not yes right but could, I could mean, you I, see I how morphine morphine yeah. morphine quickly embraced him when he spoke parcel tongue right and I'm right. sure, yeah. um, um, whatever the father's name is, oh my God, um, God, um, that yeah. was their last name, oh. Marvolo. Marvolo would have been ecstatic at the point to influence a child, particularly when he was showing all of these prodigious skills, right? He's speaking but to yeah, but she, she knew that that was no that that was no yeah, place. but she, she exactly she knew what a toxic environment that was toxic for her. Is the nice word of saying it, Deb. That was a there was no up. way she was going to do that to the right. child. She figured an orphanage would be better than his than than right. her family. 
yeah. to go back there. And, and she knew that the dad wasn't going to have anything to do with them. Oh, yes. Right. And, 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 being and being so close. And being so close, yes. Right. Ooh, the scandal. So, but I well, think, Canada, I, I, mean, think, I think she gave up on life. I think, and right. I don't think, I think that's part just, of it. I think that was, I think that started before he was born. When Riddle left her and she was left without any resources or anything and she was just, you know, had to, she went to well, basically a home for, you know, um, the destitute to have this baby. I think she had basically given up. I think she had given up on life before those people went off to jail. When they went off to jail, that's when she got a new lease on life. I'm going to try something new out here. Right. Let's see right. what I and can do. And when that didn't work, and when she stopped using the love potion and she saw that she, you know, nothing had changed for her, once she stopped using the love potion, I think she gave up. Well, it, ultimately, the this is the first time, this is the first person um, that, this is the person, I guess I want to say, is uh, the reason that Voldemort has the disregard of women in, in a weakness, right. even though he's got, you know, like Bellatrix, who I'm sure he, I mean, he appreciates her ability, um, but. But she, but, but you see Bellatrix, she, I dare, we, we always. It's different. Yeah, but, but, but not only that too. Bellatrix thinks she's his most loyal. Snape already put paid to that. No, no, I'm second. saying her her magical ability. I'm right. sure Voldemort appreciates, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm. I he feel never like put, it's... because other people have always been right. Have all people have they've been the 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 um. Lucius, you know, Lucius was in charge before he lost his power, and then Snape took over. Right, so you know, like Bellatrix. I mean, Bella. He's. I think he's happy to influence Bellatrix because Bellatrix is a sponge. That's one of the things he wanted to do: influence and teach. Right, and all of the dark magic which Dumbledore was because all of those students, Bellatrix, and all of those would have been under the time when Dumbledore was the headmaster. And in fact, before Dumbledore became the headmaster, he was already influenced the curriculum because. Um, What's his name? What's his name said that, right? It's what Slughorn said that to, Dumb mm -hmm. to Riddle, right? Dumbledore takes a particular line against this subject. And he, because I think much of this has to do transfiguration. It's transfiguration magic anyway. So Dumbledore would have been the one in charge of that. He was the first, he was the old transfiguration teacher. So as always, a juicy discussion here. But um, Back to the house, no, back to the disappearance of the house. I mean, that whole scene gave me anxiety, I should say. When they, well, when they see the what happens with the house? No, when when Wait. they just got rid of the snake and then the whole scene afterwards. Oh, it, oh yeah. 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 House. Because Voldemort is just like, oh my God, oh my God, it's right here. I could see their house. It's all here. How could this happen? Oh my God, like all of this, this is... He's having anxiety too, but you know, the thing about it is just like sometimes you know you have that kind of anxiety, like it's just so much you don't even know what to do with it, right? It's like I almost killed this child a while ago, I almost killed him again, and like all I saw was a faint scream of a girl and a man disappearing in the middle. I want to see, 
I've got my book sitting here. I want to grab it because I remember feeling that anxiety too, but I was old enough when I read this to go, uh, uh-uh, it's too soon. <laughs> I think like, even though this is, even though this is the final book, it can't be here. You know, you're like so caught up in. Oh, um... I didn't think they would die there, but just, just that, that thought of like so much is happening because you can barely breathe after, you know, like they just got away from the snake because the snake at this point, the snake had intended that Harry would have been immobilized, but it didn't right. happen. Because the snake right? just keeps saying, hold him. Hold it, because Voldemort yeah. is telling the snake to hold him. A lot of things are happening. Voldemort has to operate from wherever he's operating because there is a there is a um, a distance threshold. Um, Hermione is firing jinx all over the place. It's just mad. The snake is getting hurt. They're hitting the spell. The spe- you know, like, it's just a lot of things happening. Plus, the whole crux are meeting the whole crux, and the yeah. whole crux defends itself. Yeah, right? so this is the, actually the, this is about the halfway point of the book, like with right. the book physically yeah. in my hand. Well, wow, I didn't realize we were only that far. I did this. This did cause a lot of anxiety and emotion, and you're like, oh, holy shit! And, and then the whole as... rage of yeah. Harry's wand being broken. I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember my heart breaking when that happened. Like, oh, oh shit! I I was just like, bro calm down i didn't feel really? that I, mean, I didn't think it was because but we've been about... trained this entire time to think that the wand is connected to the wizard the wand chooses the wizard this is an extension of yeah, you but, but this you is know, how I... you procure your magic and now harry when he needs it most when he's at the end of this journey his is gone and we know that his wand is particularly special given the interactions that it's had with Voldemort's and it's broken. Oh, I felt I, lots of anxiety. about. I, that. I would say that, I mean, just to tie the, the anxiety and then we got a play by play of Voldemort recounting his attempted triple murder, having just killed the parents and describes to you, I'm looking this baby in the eye. To, 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 I'm going to hit the spell and the child is crying. He think I was a thing. And then that whole, and the wand being broken. But, I mean, Harry never performed extraordinary magic with the wand. So I was like, girl. Listen, that wand was important. Don't you downplay yes, it. Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it, he did I perform mean, extraordinary magic. I didn't, I mean, like, I, I mean, I could see the whole wand, which we would get into later on. But my thing was that, I mean, I know he needed a wand. But, you know, Harry wasn't doing extraordinary magic with the wand. I mean, I, I granted the whole twin, but because... Actually, I thought Voldemort would have found. I, I, honest to God, I was just like, this idiot ain't gonna try to avada cadaver this kid again, is he? Because that that has never worked. We gonna do something else, surely. We gonna make some knives appear, make some big rocks appear, and crush him to death. It's he's you try to no, ac- you avada, know, avada cadaver. But I think you he think... would have. I think he would have if he. I did too. If he had been able to get there. Um, I think he figured that that once he had gotten, remember, once he got some of Harry's blood, he thought he had broken the the Lily right. spell. So right. I, and, and then he, he tried he, all of those things that he, that had been in his way before have now been removed. And I think he would have tried Avracadabra. I think he would have tried it again too, just for the simple fact that he's not Voldemort is not thinking he's going to fail twice. Well, he failed twice though. Well, then he's certainly not that. failing a third third time. Like he, but he doesn't no. think like that. He thinks he thinks like, okay, I did this. It didn't work. I figured out why. I'm going to do it again. He's not going to change his methods. I mean, he doesn't. He never does. So, but, 
But but you see, we, we have overlooked. I don't know why you would thought think that. No, would. because here's the thing: he tried to kill a baby with a vada cadabra, didn't work. Right? It almost killed him, literally, almost right. killed. Him. Right? right. He it then tries. It. He then tries to do a vada cadaver in the graveyard, and then he finds out about the twin cores. Right? Right. That doesn't work. And the fact about it is that it doesn't matter whatever spell Harry conjures. He just has to conjure a spell. This, it does, they, their thing doesn't work. And what happened in the graveyard was unusual magic, right? They had never seen yes. anything. It had basically connected them and whatever the case may be. He figures out that there is a, there is a, 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 a psychic bond, but that does, he can't even possess Harry, right? To consume, he can't possess Harry to fool someone to kill Harry because he could take over his mind and mouth, but you know, like he can't be in that body. We know Volder Dumbledore tells us he can't, he can't. Right, we saw that. He can't even get someone to kill him for him, right? Right. He tries to take um, Lucius's wand, and Harry don't even know what is happening here. But, again, the magic is so complex and beyond anything that he is aware of. So he decides, which is something we never mentioned, the fact that he's on the lookout for a wand maker. He has clearly had Ollivander locked up in some place, and he is now seeking. Well, we know. I think someone mentioned that the Malfoys, and he's now seeking Gogorovich. He's looking for Gogorovich, and he's looking for. He looks for something for Gogorovich, and Gogorovich tells him that uh, he reads his mind. But whatever he's seeking, someone stole it, and then he finds the person on in a book, a picture of the person, and he realizes who the person is. That's who stole what we would know be a wand from Gogorovich, which is Grindelwald. And so he is, so he seems determined to use Avada Kedavra because he used a cadaver, cadaver, cadaver in the graveyard and also in the fight in the sky. But I'm like, bro, that is not working. I mean, you already have his blood, you know what I mean, at the graveyard. You literally got it fresh from the source at the graveyard. You can literally touch him. And that's the other thing too. You're, he can't even touch him. So but every I week, think, he... but I think one of the things that we all we can't lose sight of the fact that Voldemort is very arrogant. Arrogant. I've also said that too. That he, he seems... is very arrogant, and he always has an excuse. An excuse why something why he did, wasn't successful with yep. Harry, and so he. That's why I think he's going to continue to do what he does. Um, until it works, because yeah. he always feels like there were some other circumstances that made it impossible, or it was Dumbledore's fault, or it was. Mm-hmm. That, and I think that it's never he, him. When he couldn't possess Harry, I think that's when it was like, oh, I got to get rid of Dumbledore. You know, I think it was so. It's always something that he feels that is that has kept him from being successful. I don't think he he says. Um, I'm not going to do Avogadabra. I'm going to move all of these impediments yep. out of my way, and then it's going to work. And then it's going to work, yeah. Well, Dumbledore, well, also, um, Dumbledore was kicking his ass in yeah. the Ministry of... Um... And that's when he he start, That's when he goes to the beginning of books, the beginning of book six, he sets out to get Malfoy, you know, get Malfoy to do that deed. Because, so that is, fig- because Dumbledore would see, he can't openly attack Dumbledore. Dumbledore right. would see him coming, and Dumbledore exactly. is prepared for him. Exactly. So he has to he has to do some sort of subterfuge. And so, knowing how Voldemort Dumbledore is, he would not he wouldn't he wouldn't kill a child. 
Uh, he wouldn't approach. So, yeah. Let us let us move away before from. We, uh, before we move, I just wanted to say um, the um, the one thing that whole piece where um, when he, when he Hermione gets him away when Hermione gets them away, and he realized that he was the only one who could understand um, Batilda because she was speaking parcel tongue. The snake was speaking parcel tongue. Remember it said yeah. and it said um she didn't want to talk in front of you because it was parcel tongue, all parcel tongue. I didn't realize, but of course I could understand her. So I mean, you know, it's it's I just like the way that um that whole particular skill of Harry's, you know, kind of comes up out of nowhere, you know, um, and winds up because he didn't realize, but he just immediately uh, he understood her. He never dawned on him that the reason he understood her was parcel tongue until but after. Just, but I keep saying the house is not that big, boo. Hermione could still hear you. But Hermione says, I don't hear anything. You know, she right. says, you know, like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And that thing. But you know what gets to me is that when Hermione is trying to have a conversation, she's left there crying and he just said, like, give me a wand, Hermione. Give me a wand. I just, as though it, and I don't know if it's how I read it, it's almost as if it's Hermione's fault that the wand got broke. And it's just well, like she, she said, I think it was me. As we were leaving, the snake was coming for us. So I cast the blasting curse and it rebounded everywhere. It must have hit. It was an accident, Harry said Harry mechanically. He felt empty, stunned. We'll find a way to repair it. Harry, I don't think we're going to be able to. Remember, remember Ron when he broke his wand crashing the car. It was never the same. He had to get a new he had to get a new one. So he, you know, I think when he says he tries to, to for it not to matter when he just says, well, let me just use your wand while I keep watch. But he was he was deeply upset about the fact that 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 his wand was gone. I, I understand. I mean, to, to him, I guess he's he has he has he too, like Janina, has invested too much so that and this is the thing that I find annoying about Harry. Because what it became clear is that he didn't really, he wasn't actively preparing for Voldemort. He just thought the wand would save him. And I was just, and I just felt, how foolish is that? He thought the wand was what? I never thought thought that. Because because the wand being broken, because he says this. He said this is the one thing, right? When the wand is broken, that she, he felt like a part of him is gone. You know, like, you know, this Mm -hmm. was the thing that saves him in the graveyard. He felt the one was protection because he was aware that there is a connection there. And because everyone kept saying and the fight, the fight in the sky that, you know, like, oh, you performed some kind of magic. And he's just like, no, I didn't do that. That was not me. Completely not me. I cannot do golden things. And because something happened, I mean, like, we've seen a lot of duel, a heard of duels. But who's ever heard of a duel where the other, when one dueler breaks the other one, one, you know, what I mean, just literally it explodes. Right. Well, I I get what you're saying, and it makes sense. But I never took it as Harry was upset about his wand being broken because that was his protection from Dumbledore. I never or Voldemort. I never thought that. I just thought it was like a piece of him was missing. I never felt like he relied on the wand as protection. 
Because I never we had even seen considered people that. losing and breaking wand before, and it, it, yeah, it, it, and they're it, upset yeah. about it. But they don't like upset. it. They don't. They don't. But they mean they're not expressing this level of remorse. But Harry right? knows that his wand is special in some well, aspect when it but, but comes to that's, Dumbledore. That's why I'm leaning but I don't think it. That. I don't think it was like, oh shit, this is gone now. I have no protection. He says that something along those lines. I'm almost sure of that. That he yeah, thought that he that was that this was the thing. He felt himself fatally weakened, vulnerable, and naked, as though the best part of his magical power had been torn from him. He knew what exact he knew exactly what Hermione would say if he expressed any of this. The wand is only as good as the wizard, but she was wrong. His case was different. She had not felt the wand spin like the needle of a compass and shoot golden flames at his enemy. He had lost the protection of the twin cores, and only now that it was gone did he realize how much he had been counting on it. So I think he does. He does have that feeling about that wand. That it was um, that was gonna be the thing. But and the thing that drives is that he casts it down so often. Like he just like ploops. Let me go and you know like let me get something out of the bag. So remember when they just left the ministry and Ron is injured, he throws his wand to the side and then go digging into the bag. And I was like, bro, what are we doing here? But I mean, it it is um. It is the thing that annoys me about Harry in those in that aspect, and just like you know, like because Dumbledore says this to Harry in the sixth book when we discuss the Horcrux, you have to understand that getting rid of all of the Horcrux, Voldemort is an extremely skilled wizard, and I mean I don't know if this is underscored enough when people talk about Voldemort to just seem as a mad maniacal, you know, like man, but he's extremely good magician, uh, wizard. Yes. And he, he has thought about these things. things. He has thought about these things far deeper than than anybody. He, and you know, he, he has gone deep into this stuff. He's been he's been exploring this stuff since he was in in school. So he, you know he is highly skilled. And he thinks about he has some affection for his own wand too, as we would see later on, because um, just like your wand has performed extraordinary magic. And you know that we we, we don't want to get into that business, but I mean, like, but I was just like, Harry, you're gonna face this man, bro. Do some studying. I don't, I don't, you know, there is a, um, <laughs> there is a scene. This Real woman, is always like, get a book. <laughs> there's a woman who, uh, she puts out this. Her name is Charlene, Sister Charlene. She has a sketch. I send it to the YouTube lady. Yeah, she's a young woman <laughs> who pretends to be an old woman, and she yeah. had a video. She says. How were you bored in pandemic and your mirror is dirty? How were you bored in, in, a, in a pandemic and the bottom of your feet is dirty? How were you bored in the pandemic and you got roaches? That, that means something needs to be cleaned and disinfected. Your fridge needs to be cleaned. There is some, you know what I mean? So I'm just like, how are you bored while you're on the run from a monarchal? Like, you have to... And the thing about it, this is what drives me insane. It's just like, Real you know these things are heavily protected. You know what I mean? It's just like, no whole crux has been, I think about the only one has been the cup, right? And that's because, but then the cup and the tiara, God knows if they tried to put that thing on his head, in their head. I could imagine that tiara <laughs> just sucking their life out of their head, right? But, you know, it would have been something that people would have been tempted to do beyond the ring or anything else. I think the tiara seemed a far more attractive thing for someone to get 
for the arrogance of Voldemort, it's just like, I already know everything, so don't need it, you know, to make such a valuable, the most valuable object, you know, whatever. But um, it's that these things are heavily protected. There is all of these things and nothing is easy. And he just think all I need to do is expelliarmus, you know, like reducto. Um, We've talked about oh, this. It is not in his nature to just try to kill. They're not ever going to do that. It's not about killing. It's not about killing. It's about, you know, you have to expand. Because one thing about magic and, it, like, one thing about magical fighting and battle and whatever, the thing is that you have to have an imagination. You saw that with Dumbledore. And you saw that between McGonagall and Snake. Imagination, quick wit. You understand what I'm saying? Like you have to turn offense into de defense into offense immediately. Your defense has to almost be half offensive. We saw that. I mean, like, look at Dumbledore. A fiery Snape is coming. A snake is coming at him. He wishes that away in one fell swoop, picked up water, a cocoon. I How mean, old is Dumbledore? And how I mean, is Harry? Plus. But no, Cut it out. I, no, Janina, what I'm saying is this. Well, we're going to start some because, look, um, hold up, hold up. Don't play me. Don't play me. Because remember, <laughs> um, what's that dude? What's that dude, the, the examiner? Who, remember when um, um, our favorite evil witch, um, Professor Umbridge, when the professor who was doing the um, OWLs, she was just like, have you seen Dumbledore? And he said, girl, if, you, if Dumbledore don't want to be found, you won't find him. Because that man has done something when, with his wand that I have never seen ever done before. And that man, is, that man is probably 300 years old. So don't tell me. Because Harry throws that in Hermione's face, remember? Don't you dare tell me this was a different thing. He was our age. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and Because look, Dumbledore and Grindelwald were thinking about magic in different ways. And I'm just simply saying, and they were just doing this for fun, right? This was just, you know, academic pursuit. You know what I mean? We're just thinking and experimenting, you know what I mean? And we see a kind of, this is not even like Percy. Percy's just politically and power ambitious. He's, he's smart because he needs to be smart, right? Bill probably seems to imply that, you know, like he is, you know, like maybe adventurous and trying to think about complex magic because you have to learn about magic of different civilization and, and, and communities, whatever the case may be. But Harry is just like, nah, just expel and, you know, like, <laughs> but, but, but real, that's, that's you bring up a really good point because what we are talking about, you know, yes, Dumbledore and, and, and Grindelwald and, and Voldemort, these were all brilliant minds. Snapes. They were Snape. Snape. These were brilliant minds, but I mean that's not everybody. These are these are guys who were who were extraordinarily talented and who used their talent, um, some of it for good and some of it not for good. But they were people who did explore the limits of their magic to see just what they could do, what they could figure out, what they could try, what they could make happen. And Voldemort took it on the totally on the dark side. And it sounds like Dumbledore and, and Grindelwald would have gone not maybe not as dark as Voldemort, but they were, you know, they were moving. No, Dumbledore, Dumbledore says, I knew what he was up to. I tried to ignore it because I was in love, but, you know. Right. But he, he, was, but he, he, was, he, was, but he was he was going along with it to a degree. Right. Going along with it to a degree. He but thought, my, my he point thought is, there my, were benefits to it. Right. Yeah. My point is that they were extraordinarily talented, 
but they all, even in all of their talent and their talent, they messed up. They did, they did I, wrong things. I, and so, I, I, I hear what you're saying Deb, and I agree with you 100%. But here is here, here is where I'm gonna draw the line, though. I understand, you know, there there seems to be like ambitious men, and it's mostly men. How mm -hmm. odd there isn't a woman in this mix because it's very clear there are brilliant women of this time, and women could be just as brilliant. You know what I mean? That the power yeah. of threshold isn't gender specific, right? But right. what is very, I think, is very odd is just like these people are in times of relative peace, right? They're just having the fun and just trying to see what what can happen. Uh, you know, in Snape's case, you know, he's just trying to be an asshole and, you know, trying to get at pe people he don't like for enemies, right? And whatever right. the case may be. His mother pushed the bounds of, of, of potion and he pushed it even further to a certain extent. But what I'm saying is that, and people, and, and we know that people are looking at using magic for very practical reasons. The wolf being potion, right? Um, right. That there are very there are magical problems that they're trying to solve. I mean, Dumbledore and Grindelwald supposedly they were trying to bring wizards out of hiding because mm -hmm. we don't Dumbledore isn't this person anymore. But apparently, as we we've we've realized that the Muggle magical community is a great divide. Magician wizards had looked very um, looked down upon magical non-magical beings and look down upon magical creatures are uh, non-magical humans are uh, non-human magical beings they look down upon these people but I, I think what i'm getting at here is that harry has a very specific problem he's on a very specific task even if the mm -hmm. the, the original plan is that he never has to actually face voldemort right that because that I think Dumbledore sort of like leaves that thing at. Your task is very specific. You need right. to get rid of the Horcrux and destroy them. They're heavily protected. I mean, did you see the shit that Dumbledore had to do to get to the middle of that lake? Bro. <laughs> right. Uh, bro. Like, like, right. I mean, sir, what are we doing? I mean, yes. Well, that's, you know, that's when that's when he when the other thing that Harry is is really upset about in addition to the wand being broken now it's coming down on him that he and he says his fury at dumbledore broke over him like lava that you know scorching him right I, I know every other feeling out of sheer desperation they had talked themselves into believing what godric hollow that had held answers but there was no map there was no plan Dumbledore had left them to grope in the darkness, to wrestle with unknown and undreamed of terrors, alone and unaided. Nothing was explained. Nothing was given freely. They had no sword, and now Harry had no wand. So I think, but, you know, you and this we can't even blame this on the Horcrux because Hermione has taken it from him. Right. was in her bag. He's mad so, about a lot of things. He, but this is the thing, right? Harry's aware of his ignorance for a moment and then moved on. His ignorance catches up with him. Like in the beginning of the book, this book, he's aware he doesn't know any magical, how to heal any magical wounds. And this might just come in practical when we're going on an adventure, right? People mm -hmm. might get hurt. He's aware of the danger, but not the implication of danger, if that makes any sense. 
But the main underlying theme of that is that you can't do it by yourself. So even mm -hmm. if he doesn't know all of these things, that's why he has to be with with his 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 um, friends because that's the underlying theme is that nobody is going to have everything they need in order to survive this particular adventure. So today, you need everybody to today be. Today, my nephew, as I'm tutoring my nephew, he says to me. Everybody can't know everything. You can't learn everything. I said, that is absolutely true. But no one's asking you to. But you got to know something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. You have to know and, something. And I think, and, and Harry. And I case, said, that is the part that we need. That, that's the part we need to focus on. It's that something. And how much of something that you need to know. You right. sit in here knowing, trying to know nothing. Or trying to see as little as possible. It's not going to be helpful. Because you never know what information is going to come up and be in. I mean, and I, and I said it's not just to be, you know, like in the other kid, um, and to, they're very curious about everything. How is a pencil made? I'm just like, bro, we got YouTube. There is that. But you know, they're fascinated by the random information I know in my head. I think it seemed like random information, but I've been reading, you know, like, and we didn't have TV back in the day. Oh, well, so ubiquitous, you know, you just have to, to do it. And I mean, my thing is just that Harry has this very specific mission, though. And it's just like, even though he's still staying the coast, if he's mad at Dumbledore, I don't fight dead people. But, you know, I, I get him. He's frustrated. But, you know, yeah. like he doesn't want, and he's still grieving, right? Because Dumbledore yeah. didn't intend to die. And, you know, he's still mad at Snape and all of this thing. Harry, your biggest, your biggest, <laughs> what we do know beyond anything else is that this magical problem can only be solved with magic. That magic is the only thing that's going to fix this problem. That you, you, in fact, you have a whole crux, and even if you had something to kill the whole crux, you didn't particularly know how to open the whole crux. That you had to get into it, you know. So, I mean, there are things that you needed to learn. I mean, that boy didn't even pick up the book that Hermione had with the whole crux. Like, girl, let me read that book about the whole crux. Let me see if I see something. Nope. <laughs> she just, he just took what she said and then moved on. Let's go. That's because she's never failed them. But it's, that's right. But, that has been her role. Oh that when she when she quotes <laughs> things oh about God. Godric's Hollow, she when she quotes these things about Godric's Hollow, and she tells him, you know, from from uh, Hogwarts a history. When she quotes and she says, "Oh, but you know, your your family's not included because Batilda only went so far, you know, in terms of time." And I mean, she knows this stuff inside out. And this has been the role she has played consistently since they formed their bond. Y'all are giving me, as my friends say, y'all are giving me a migraine. Y'all are giving me a migraine <laughs> headache. Like, I can't. This drives me so insane. Because, I mean, like, because, because even if he doesn't want to know the history and the dealing with the whole crux, bro, you, you cannot... Petrificus Totalis Voldemort. It ain't gonna work, bro. It that ain't <laughs> that ain't it. That is, mm -hmm. that is that is not it. And I was so mad. I know people get mad about um Game of Thrones, the fact that the, the girl who ended up killing the night. Well, I'm just like, that is so what but you know, those are sexist people. But to me, that Expelliarmus becomes the thing in the end, I was just like, look, nope, I ain't here for this mess. I'm not here for this mess. I'm not here for this mess at all. But, you know, this is the book we got, and this is the book we have to deal with. 
You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> but I will forever express my dissatisfaction oh, at the period. Of I think it's totally understandable because one of the things that we know about Harry in a lot of ways is Harry is nothing special. Oh. And I think that's that. deliberate. That's deliberate. The public that. But you know, but you know, oh. Then we're going to get into a whole spiel about mediocre white men, the mediocrity of white well, basicness. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't mean it in terms of that. I mean it in terms of a every man and a character. When you, like when you I look said, at, when you look at like characters, I, I know what, Deb, trust me, we, 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 we could do scholarly work on that same, the same, mm-hmm. we're around the same length here. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you could just be average, do nothing special, and just think, mm-hmm. oh, you could be wonderful. And the girl who's doing all of the work on the side. That's right. I mean, like, I mean, you know, when we're in the, um, when we get into the battle at Hogwarts, the second battle at Hogwarts, I mean, they put, they, they put a war at a school, but you know, we ain't going to even deal with that. That is so, ooh. but you know, like I, I, I was going to say something, but I'm going to call out, but you know, but anyway, it's Hermione who's getting them out of the, 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 the I'm just like, Harry, you're useless. You are useless, hey, bro. Like, I don't well, know what to not. tell you. He, he is not. He has. He has his. He has his. Um, um, he has a drive, and he has some other internal characteristics, and that's why. I'm the one who can. Uh, just like the, the one. Uh, the, the one who figures it out, who puts it together. You know that that special yeah. quality, like the brain. He becomes. It, it, it's it's this thing where people um, devalue intellectual information. That's like street smart. Harry's a street smart. Harry's never been a day on the streets. Clearly, we've seen that. Can't survive. <laughs> no, I, don't, I wouldn't call it. I, <laughs> Harry I think it's more life. about because most of it is um, instinctual. Most of it is reactive, which I have been saying since book one. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of it is um, uh, this drive to um, he's always got a drive to prove that he can do things. So I think all of those are the characteristics that kind of propel him into doing the things that he needs to do. He's also very conscious of when, you know, I realize you, you make us laugh when you say he's always putting people in danger, but he's also very conscious of the, of the people who he does put in danger. I don't think so, but... I think he, I think he is. I think I mean, he's put in the conscious after the, the fact. Point. No, 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 no. I think all, I think all three I mean, five, because, he was trying to right. isolate he's, himself. He's trying to isolate them, but the fight matter is just like, it ends up being right. Like, the things that you want to do, bro, you can't do any of this by yourself. Because right. you have no plan, right? You don't even have magical skill. You're just going to show up. And you just think you just need to be present and punctual for the party. And mm-hmm. that's going to work. I mean, like, you remember, whole... he, he was going to try to leave. And go and off by himself. And, and no, that, was, that made no sense. But he he felt like I can't take these people and endanger them. But and, so, and guess what? Guess what? That gang of teenagers put the mess up put the mess of Bellatrix. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. Right, the single greatest know. shade of the entire book series. Girl, forgive yes, me. Yes, it was. Yes, girl, it was. Girl, forgive me. But you are a gang of Teenagers. teenagers. And I know y'all didn't hear it, but I heard it loud and clear. Girl Neville was in that group. Okay. Girl Neville Longbottom was in that group. I don't want to hear it. And Excuse the prophecy me. could have been about... 
excuses, girl. Neville Longbottom. Neville Longbottom got the better of you. We talking talking Neville and Luna. (laughs) (laughs) No, I will not. I I will not accept Luna slander. Okay, Luna might be saying messy things, but Luna seems to know really good magic. Okay. Luna is in River And actually, and and Jenny, who is probably the most athletic of them. So I think, but I think G- Jenny is giving a lot of credit because she's the star's girlfriend. But I'm no, gonna she was athletic. I'm no, say I mean, like, but but I, but I would athletic. say though, if we get a fight, she go. I pick her before I pick Ron. There's no doubt about that. Oh, like, in a heartbeat. I mean, like she 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 she's like Venus to me, Venus Williams. She could. She she knows where to bury the body. Just to like yeah, and you she, call and, her. And, and I also, uh, and I you think she Jenny learned. I got a body. Jenny just say, "Girl, say no more. Hang up the phone. Hang up the. Just say, just hang up the phone, girl. I'm coming over. We can't. We can't let the feds hear this conversation. Hang up the phone. Jeannie mm-hmm. is that kind of girl. She's ready. Mm-hmm. She don't care about magical age or whatever the case may be. No, no. She's ready. But I'm still. I'm. I'm. I'm pick her around. But I think Luna. Luna and Hermione, but you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Janina is giving us a wrapping up sign. Yes, I think yes. next time around, um, we well, really you get delve this... into the the the, um, the book and find out about uh, Grindelwald. Right, we're gonna go, we, we'll... we're gonna have to deal with what Voldemort has been up to. We seem to be forgetting that Voldemort is you know a part of the story. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes, there's a lot. But of this man is on a mission, <laughs> and we seem and to be getting. The, the Silver Doe chapter is one of my favorites, so I'm looking forward Aww. to that. You were that. <laughs> Real. Oh, <laughs> I like it too, Deb. Don't worry. <laughs> I, you know, rereading it this time around, I was so angry at Ron even more. But, you know, we'll get into that. I, I was angry at Ron <clears throat> and Harry. I was Ron angry at <laughs> You're Ron. always angry at I'm her. always. But, you know, I was extra, you know, like, I think in this book, I have to say that, you know, like, I had had it enough. I just like, yeah, I like disrespecting Hermione. You don't deserve this girl. Hermione, pack your shit up and go to Australia. Fuck these girls. <laughs> Fuck these dudes. <laughs> like, they're ungrateful to the end degree. But, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. As always, lady, we have an excellent and great discussion. You, like I said, I'm nothing without you, ladies. You open my eyes to new perspective. Um, you know, though I want to say that, you know, like, I can't fully well say, you know, like, y'all are wrong. I'm right. You know, I'm learning something, you know. <laughs> I'm not that kind of Leo. You know, I would never say I'm yes, always right. <laughs> I yeah, never. Yes. But, no, I mean, like, I, I do, I love, I love the fact that we have such nuanced conversation about, you know, like, and it brings a whole new perspective, you know, and it allows me to feel confident, you know, and, you know, like, say, okay, then I would admit that, you know, yada, 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 but, you know. I love it. I love it. This is this is an amazing quarantine podcast. I mean, I I can't believe they let um, Code Switch win and we are all here. I don't understand it. <laughs> I mean, Some, if someone put us on NPR, we might have a shot. We might can have I a speak, shot. Can I speak to a manager, please? Can I speak to the manager? Listen, Karen. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, the injustice, the ignominy. Of code switch winning over us. I mean, come on now. Mm. What do we need? Yeah. 15 billion listeners? Is that what we need? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but 
This is you quality work. Quantity is not it, okay? I know it, right? But anyway, folks, that's another excellent podcast. A third good podcast. This is a third. That's a third podcast. That is good, okay? So it's us, our two first podcasts, you know, Real Tennis Fan and The Black Cauldron, and then Code Switch. Just saying. <laughs> is what it is. Cut it out. Don't fight me, people. You know, these are the facts. These are the facts. Oh, Lord. So have a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon. I hope you enjoy our podcast. You know, Jeannie is keeping us on a tight schedule of one and a half hours. So if you want a, a 15-hour, you know, marathon, just listen to from 1 to 27 all over again. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there you go. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yes. Okay. And if you would like guests for us to be on our podcast, you know, like someone you think we can get, you know, as we're wrapping up our cast party towards the end of this book, a suggestion for possible book in the future, um, we're reading. I already have the book that I want to, but I think it might be a little too close to home or to recent history. Like, why read fiction and we're living facts? You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> but. Uh, we're open to suggestions to book that come in. And they can be non-magical fantasy books. Okay? You know. Yeah. And... Have wide reading palettes. You yes. can even suggest a romance. It's going to be hilarious as hell. You know oh, what I mean? Lord. But I would love <laughs> to hear Reels break down a romance. I think I'm I might laugh so hard. <laughs> so, a quick oh. story before we go. Uh, so, romance... Deb will definitely know this publication. Mills and Boons were very yes, popular. They were, they were the Harlequins. They were the, Harlequins. the Mills and Boons. They, they were Harlequin romances. They were the thing in the Caribbean. They would they would let girls. I don't know why. And could read Mills and Boons. It would be in the school library. Why and how they were allowed to read Mills and Boons? They because, were very very chaste. I mean one. yes, but you very, know very very. I mean, we all knew what was happening. You know what I mean? We felt his hotness upon her. Was, like, it, yeah, I knew. But it was very much um, fade to black. There, you, there was nothing um, explicit or even if you were lucky if you got a kiss in those. <laughs> but, they, I mean, school libraries, where, particularly where girls would go, had like shelves upon shelves, like a whole row. <laughs> like they had a whole section devoted to the romance. And the girls would buy them trade them, etc., etc. One day I decided to read this. I was just like, what is this mess? You see, this is why I'm going to be gay. I can't. I can't. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> but you know what? That's hilarious. I would definitely love for us to do. You know, romance could be on the agenda too. So I know Deb and Janina and Andrine and you know, tons of like, you know, literary classics. Like, you know, literary romance classic that we can get into. Just make sure we don't watch all my movies. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and no historical right. romance because when it's black people, I they love get historical awkward. romance. Not when they're black people, the, they get very awkward. They get very awkward. Yes, it does, but I love it still. <laughs> all right. All right, okay, folks. Miss Chief. Managed. Managed. Yeah, we got it all. Done.